it is not for us to raise a question like how smart are the Canadians or to debate it because really, one, we are not qualified and second, this should be beyond, the answer to this should be beyond any debate. Canadians must be very smart people. They built a first class country, a very rich country. They do a lot of things right. They are globally respected and taken very seriously. So, they, so it follows that they must be very smart people. Second, they are also a country which is respected across the world besides other things, besides other things. They are also respected for their open and large-hearted acceptance of people from outside, immigrants, refugees, asylum seekers. And that's why they are very popular with people in many parts of the world, including in India and particularly, say, in the state of Punjab. So we can't debate a question like, how smart are the Canadians? Let's, let's, start with the, start, let's start with the conclusion that Canadians are smart people. Then we come to two other questions which are not linked or allied with this main question. And those two questions are, number one, how virtuous is the Canadian establishment? How how pristine, pristinely virtuous is the Canadian establishment? And second, how smart is the Canadian security system or the security agency CSIS, which is the topmost Canadian intelligence agency, but also generally the security system there. And those two questions have had flags, red flags raised on them over the past week. So first of all, there is an interview that the Indian High Commissioner to Canada has given Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. We'll, we'll talk about that. I will share a link with you. You can watch that. He has raised a very simple question. He has said that, look, you convicted us without giving us any charges, without giving us any evidence. And he said that if you'd ask us to cooperate with you, you usually ask an accused person or somebody who you think is prima facie guilty, you ask them to cooperate. That is not correct language. So it put India's back up. In fact, he said that there was emotional reaction in India because everybody saw it as, saw, saw it as an accusation on India and in fact a presumption of guilt. He said on the other hand or the contrary how the Americans approached India over the issue of threat to Gurpatwan Singh Pannu was different because they said they shared with India some specific inputs which at, at a legal level which pertain to organized criminal gangs, gun runners, drug runners, so on and so forth. So India was quite happy to work with the Americans on that. The Canadians, on the other hand, were accusatory. That said, that was calling out Canadian high, the Canadian claim to the high moral ground, which at this point, in any case, lies, lies in a bit of a shambles. I will not say it's fully destroyed, but in a, bit, in a bit of a shambles over how the case over the two Michaels has collapsed. Now, two Michaels, you might remember, we had featured them in an earlier episode of Cut the Clutter. And I will share a link with you. You will see the screenshot on your screens of the, of the thumbnail of that episode. And I will share a link. You can read that. The two Michaels, Michael Spavor and Michael Covering, they were Canadian citizens arrested in China around the same time. Arrested in China around the same time in December, in the second week, one in the first week, one just as the second week began, just about a week apart of December 2018. The timing was very important because on 1st of December 2018, following up on an American warrant, the Canadian authorities had arrested Meng Wanzhou 
who was for all practical purposes the heir apparent of of Huawei, big Chinese, the big Chinese telecom and technology giant. She also happens to be the owner's daughter and was then working as CFO of the company. So she was arrested, in, detained in Canada, then given bail, was allowed to live on bail while her extradition proceedings started with a with a with, with, with an anklet, with an with an electronic anklet, so the authorities would know where she was going. She was arrested. Within within days of that, the first Michael was arrested, Michael's power. And then within a week of that, Michael Kobrick was arrested. So what were the charges against them? The charges against them were that both were spying for Canada, Canada and Canada's allies, which means Five Eyes allies. The same Five Eyes who've now been joining Canada in questioning India. None of them has condemned India, but in questioning in India and asking India again to cooperate with the Canadians or help the Canadians. I'm not quite sure any of them has used the expression cooperate, maybe, or maybe they have better diplomatic tact than the Canadians, or maybe why blame the Canadians than sort of the overly emotional approach of the Trudeau administration and Justin Trudeau himself. So all the others, other Five Eyes members, have generally sympathized with the Canadians. Even the Australians said recently that there is no reason to think that Canadians are not speaking the truth. So as the two Michaels were arrested, Canada took the same moral high ground, the same moral high ground, and they said these were retaliatory arrests. Such things do not happen in civilized world. The whole world is watching China. Justin Trudeau himself was out, and all of Canada's allies also rallied beside Canada. Ambassadors of 25 friendly countries collected in the compound of the Canadian embassy in in Beijing to express solidarity with Canada. Canadians then told the world, and most of us believed it also, even I believed it, and I, and I still think that there was a connection. They, they told the world that these two arrests was retaliation. This was hostage taking in response to the arrest of Meng Wangchu. And that allegation, if anything, turned out to be fair and correct because on the day, the Canadians decided not to extradite Meng Wangchu to America and let her go back to her country and, or, or let her be free. On the same day, within hours, the two Michaels were released. Both Michaels, meanwhile, had been convicted of spying for foreign powers in China. It is a serious offense anywhere. Only one had been handed out his sentence as yet, that is Michael's power. He was given an 11-year sentence. Michael Kovrig was awaiting his sentence. But now within hours of the Meng Wangchu being freed, they were released and they came home to hero's welcome. Now that is where the story died. And everybody thought the Chinese are ah, usual suspects. Huh? One of their people was arrested, maybe on good grounds, because she defied the sanctions on Iran by doing some hanky-panky. And Huawei, what do, you, what do you expect Huawei to do? They will do hanky-panky. That's why so much of the world is now banning or blocking Huawei, right? The, the Chinese are usually treated like usual suspects in these cases. However, now a new turn has taken place this week. Earlier this week, Michael's Pavor, one of the two Michaels, this, this was always called the two Michaels case. The two Michaels case, they were two Michaels support, support the two Michaels marches in Canada. When they came back, they were taken ceremonially to, to the parliament, Canadian parliament in Ottawa. When Joe Biden on a visit was speaking there because they were like, they were like two heroes of Canada. There were gala dinners held for them. They are heroes. One of the two heroes now, Michael Spavor, has turned the story around. Michael Spavor, a story in 
Globe and Mail in Canada, the leading paper there, that has revealed or that has scooped that Michael Spavor has now told the Canadian government and Michael Kovrig, he said that, look, I was trapped into spying. I wasn't a spying, but I was trapped into spying by Michael Kovrig and by the Canadian agencies. So he wants a multi-million dollar settlement from the Canadian government for having been misused against his wishes and without any disclosure as a spy. Now, this does two things. Number one, it embarrasses the Canadians because one of the two people they hailed as heroes, one of the two is saying that, look, you might say the Chinese arrested us while we were completely innocent. But the fact is that I was involved in spying unwittingly. So I am a victim because I was not a member of a spying agency. I do not work for Canadian government, not for Canadian Foreign Service, least of all Canadian Intelligence Service, CSA. So that is the one thing that his, that, that, so that is the one thing his disclosure does. The second thing his disclosure does is even more embarrassing for Canada because what that means is that between the two of them, there was definitely spying going on in China. Now, whether Michael Spavor was an innocent victim and Michael Kovrig was the spy, that is, that is a debatable thing. But the fact is that Spavor's statements now say very clearly that they, there was spying going on. And so the Canadian claim that these two were completely innocent and they had just been picked up while they were doing their usual stuff, they were businessmen doing their usual stuff, they were just picked up by the Chinese as hostages. That now looks increasingly untenable and that has caused a big credibility loss for the Canadians. And when you see this, then you start also raising a question. Now, obviously, I am from India, so I can be accused of taking the Indian point of view. But the fact is, for a country whose topmost agencies and whose foreign ministry and whose government at the topmost level, they can talk with such a sense of outrage about this case, which the basis of which is that these two innocent Canadian businessmen were arrested by the Chinese in retaliation for the arrest of Meng Wanshu, who's the daughter of one of their foremost businessmen and also a senior member of Communist Party of China. And these two were completely innocent. That has got the bottom knocked out of it. I will give you some more details. And before that, I will tell you about Global Times. You would expect Global Times now to jubilate and say, we told you so. And also now it is their turn to sound outraged, just as Justin Trudeau was sounding outraged earlier. Now, now it's the turn of the Chinese to sound even more outraged. So we go back to our favorite publication because that's the only Chinese publication we can read. It's in English. Global Times, it says, Global Times says in an editorial that the Canadian allegations of the so-called detention of these two to Michaels loses all factual basis and becomes a huge lie. Then they say it's very clear that Michael Kovrig was a spy and Michael Spavor was an informant. So what is it that Michael Spavor is saying? We need to understand that very carefully because it's a bit subtle. Michael Spavor is saying, I was a businessman who had contacts in North, North Korea. And even in our earlier episode, we had told, about, told you about him. He knows the Korean language. He's among the very few Westerners with contacts in, in North Korea. Not just that, he's had personal connections with Kim Jong-un, probably the only Westerner to have connections like that. Another fact that wasn't known to us, at least not to me, until this Michael's case came up 
two and a half years back, is that Kim Jong-un is also a fan of American basketball. And that is where, that is where Michael's power used his connections to sort of inveigle his way into the inner circles of Kim Jong-un by presenting to him Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, see his picture, he's one of the topmost, one of the biggest American basketball stars. So he took him to North Korea, he spent time, Kim Jong-un spent time with him, was very happy. And then if you see social media postings, he's been posting pictures, videos, etc. of his having meals, drinking wine with Kim Jong-un on his private boats, on his private yachts. Now, he had all that gossip with him. And because he had all that gossip, he said that he was unwittingly sharing it with Michael Kovring. Just as a fellow Canadian, I was sharing it for him, not realizing that Michael Kovring was then further relaying it to the Canadian intelligence service and also to the intelligence services of Five Eyes Allies of Canada. That becomes a very serious story. The statement by Global Affairs, as the foreign ministry is called in Canada, says that these statements or these so-called revelations are only perpetuating the notion that either Michael was involved in espionage and this is only perpetuating a false narrative under which they were detained in China. So it's for the Canadians now to be on the defensive to say, no, 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 they were not spying. But the fact is, one of them is said that, look, I wasn't spying, but I was giving information that I had from inside North Korea, where, where other Westerners don't have access to the other, other Michael, who was then passing it on to security agencies. So the other Michael and his defenders, they said, look, he used to be a diplomat. He used to be a diplomat till 2016. He was a diplomat until then. He served in China. He had diplomatic immunity. Now he had given that up in the sense that he had gone to leave without pay. See how, see how spy fiction novels are constructed. He went on leave without pay and he started working for an NGO or an activist organization called ICJ. ICJ is International Crisis Group, whose agenda in that region was to keep track of North Korea's proliferative activities and to also build activism to prevent North Korea from developing more weapons of mass destruction and missiles. So, he was on leave, on unpaid leave from his foreign ministry, but he was in ICG. That's the reason he could be arrested, because immediate question in my mind also was that if he was a diplomat, how could he be arrested by the Chinese? Because he would have his diplomatic immunity, but no, he did not have it now. He had come out of the embassy. He was no longer a member of the, he was no longer a member of the embassy staff. He's now working for ICG and was still getting this information and sharing it with, with the authorities, as you might call them. Now, what is it that Kovrig says? So Kovrig has issued a bunch of statements, and I again quote from him. He says, I was never involved in espionage activities. Any insinuation that I was anything but open and honorable in my interactions with Michael Spavor is false. It's also Chinese disinformation. In fact, he says, when I first heard it, I thought it must be Chinese disinformation or it must be a game of broken telephones. Then he goes on to say in his defense, now this is Michael Kovrig. Michael Spavor is saying, I was legitimately as a businessman with good intentions going to North Korea and sharing gossip in, in good faith with Michael Kovrig, thinking that he was a civilian, he had nothing to do with the government or any intelligence agencies, and he passed it on. Just for clarity, I'm repeating it. So he says, Michael Kovrig, we have to be careful because there are two Michaels. 
तो कोवरिक कोवरिक सेस दैट पावर न्यू वॉट इज ही टॉकिंग अबाउट नाउ वॉट इज ही कंप्लेनिंग अबाउट ही एंड आई कोट अगेन वॉट इज ही टॉकिंग अबाउट ही ऑलवेज न्यू ही वॉज टॉकिंग टू अ डिप्लोमैट एंड देन ही गोज ऑन टू से एज ए डिप्लोमैट आई रोट डिप्लोमैटिक रिपोर्ट्स फॉर ग्लोबल अफेयर्स कैनेडा दैट इज फॉरन मिनिस्ट्री एज ए क्राइसिस ग्रुप एडवाइजर आई राइट फॉर द पब्लिक ऑन आई सी जी वेबसाइट एंड द मीडिया सो वंस अगेन ही इज टेलिंग यू क्लियरली दैट ही वॉज सेमल्टेनियसली लीडिंग ए डबल लाइफ वन लाइफ वॉज फॉर द गवर्नमेंट सो ही वॉज पासिंग इंफॉर्मेशन दैट ही हैड टू द गवर्नमेंट द अदर लाइफ वॉज फॉर दिस एक्टिविस्ट एन जी ओ वेर ही वॉज पुटिंग आउट स्टफ फॉर पब्लिक एंड द मीडिया नाउ यू माई थिंक इफ यू आर ऑन द कैनेडियन साइड और इफ यू आर ऑन ऑन द साइड ऑफ माइकल कॉवरिक देन यू माइट से इट्स क्वाइट प्लॉजिबल ही यूज टू बी ए डिप्लोमैट नाउ इज नॉट फुल टाइम नॉट ए फुल टाइम डिप्लोमैट ही इज ऑन he is on sabbatical he is doing other stuff if he find something interesting he will inform his government but see how the chinese will see the chinese will see it for what it is the chinese will see it as spying once again globe and mail detailed story i'll share a link with you they quote they quote gi sent jacks who's a former ambassador of canada to china 2012 to 16 and you can see that michael kovrick must have worked under his watch at the canadian embassy in china and he says and i quote from him he says he was a good political officer and he says and i quote there is an there is an important distinction with spying work and political reporting work but all of this is not washing chances are that this is caused this is left red faces in canada in ottawa also this must have led led to some red faces among canada's allies as well because canada looks like jumped jumped the gun on this because they immediately made the linkage with bank mem wangchu's arrest now hypocrisy is not any particular countries or any particular race or ethnicities virtue in, in any case all governments all states indulge in hypocrisy diplomats in any case that's why it said diplomats are sent abroad to lie for their countries in this case however michael's powers claims first of all they punched a hole in canada's outrage expression of canada's outrage and victimhood and thereby taken away a lot of the moral halo from ottawa and the second they've given the chinese an opportunity to say that look we are the ones who are always victimized and we are the ones who are always called names unfairly so what do i do i go back to global times and quote from there and it says and i quote and they said the canadians brought together and i quote diplomats of several countries <coughs> to jointly pressure and interfere in the judicial sovereignty of china what they did was spread offensive spears then they go on to say global times goes on to say if this is a wrongly accused case then china is the one that has been wrongly accused global times goes on to say basically basically the chinese government goes on to say in english through global times and i quote if this is a wrongly accused case then china is the one that has been wrongly accused and i am adding they are not any of the michaels and then they argue that if one michael says that he unwittingly provided information to the other who passed it on to canadian csis csis and five eyes allies right then you can figure out who's to blame and whether the chinese charges against these against these two men were fair or not and once again for and once again for effect global times says if he had said so if he had made the same claim in china it would have been said that he was coerced into saying this and now now they were given heroes welcome when they came back to canada that story has now unraveled 
once again, the Chinese speaking through Global Times, they say the truth and Canada's story are different. And I quote again, the issue that Canada accuses China of most harshly is actually what it is doing against China, what Canada is doing against China. So Canada should offer a sincere apology to China. And you know what? I would feel rotten if somebody said that it looks like I am using the Chinese situation vis-a-vis -vis Canada to explain the Indian situation vis-a-vis -vis the same country. But the fact is that it's quite evident now that Trudeau administration jumps the gun on these issues. Second, they take the moral high ground when they haven't got any. This Chinese case has completely exposed them. And I suspect I will not be surprised if the Niger case also similarly exposes them in the long run. Already you can see the Canadians have piped down on this because so far they haven't produced any evidence. They haven't arrested anybody. They haven't indicted anybody. In the Panu case, Panu case on the plot to assassinate Panu, the Americans already have filed a sealed indictment in a New York court. Canadians have done no such thing. So one, I can see, I can see this tendency of taking the moral high ground and thinking that everybody would think they are so virtuous, so anything they are saying will be believed. Number two, a sense of immaturity and shooting from, from the hip. Instead of being more diplomatic about these things, about these very sensitive issues. And finally, the third, that your agencies and your agents, they indulge in spying and covert activity as any other, as any other large powers do. And second, yours also do this in partnership with your allies. So what you do, it's the same thing that others do as well. It's a big, tough world. It's a big, tough world where everybody plays hardball and where nobody has the moral high ground, not even the holy Canadians.